Star Wars Action News is brought to you in part by Brian's Toys. At Brian'sToys.com, you can find Star Wars toys and collectibles from 1977 to the present. Brian's Toys has it all, from vintage toys and action figures right up to the latest releases. And when checking out, be sure to say you were referred to Brian's Toys by Star Wars Action News. So go check out the world's largest selection of Star Wars toys at Brian'sToys.com. Listening to Star Wars Action News, your source for Star Wars collecting news, reviews, and updates, helping Star Wars collectors collect better. Be sure to check out our website at SWActionNews.com, where you can see photos of the items discussed, chat with other Star Wars Action News listeners, and much more, including information on how you can be part of the show. Welcome to Star Wars Action News. This is Arnie. And this is not Dan. Did you miss us? We missed you. Although Jerry and Dan did a great job they last did. week. They did. Thank you so much, guys, for holding down the fort. We Sounds know like you had a lot of fun. We have a big show this week. Later on this episode, Marjorie is going to be interviewing Ashley Eckstein. We're going to be looking back at a seminal moment in Star Wars history. We're going to be reviewing a sideshow item. But first, Marjorie has some pretty small news. It is small news, I guess. My tadpoles arrived. And a little itty bitty tiny styrofoam box and then open it up and they were like in pill bottles. But they're both alive. I couldn't believe it. Now, they both lived. One of them is physically challenged, I think, because he floats on his side and I always think he's dead and I kind of have to shake the tank a little bit. Which isn't good for them. No, but I think he's dead and I want to know before I stick a cup in there and pull him out. But then he swims fine and he can swim upright. He just lifts to the side. So I may name him Gobbles. I don't know. I'm still thinking of names for my tadpoles. I named one of them Louie just because I was trying to capture him because we didn't put the base in the tank in the instructions order and we were afraid of crushing him. And so I'm like, well, I need to catch Louie. So why'd you name him Louie? It was just what I was calling him during that moment of crisis. Well, the thing about the base is we did not open the box until we got the tadpoles because I didn't want to, you know, jump to conclusions or anything and get it all set out and have an empty tadpole habitat because that would just be sad. It's kind of w- like the whole idea if we had a Star Wars kids room. Yes. I was perplexed because the base didn't fit all the way down at the bottom. Turns out it's not supposed to fit all the way down the bottom. It sits about two and a half inches above the bottom. I guess that's so they can crawl up there and have out of water time. I don't know. Tadpoles, I guess, need water and frogs don't. Yeah, frogs will drown in water, but I think frogs like to swim. But there's a little hole where the base opens so that currently the tadpoles can swim above or below the base. But I'm kind of afraid if the frogs, which have lungs and can't breathe underwater, decide to go down that little hole for a swim, it's going to be like all those stories you hear about people getting trapped underneath their pool covers because the little I don't hear stories about that oh that happens all the time a pool cover is the most common way for someone to drown because they like fall in the pool and go under the cover and then they lose orientation and can't figure out how to get out they fall in the pool well they can fall in the pool yes that happens and you know those covers are just this plastic like bubble wrap thing and they fall you know they go between and then they get stuck under the pool cover and die well I'm afraid the frog's gonna be like oh I can go for a swim and dive down 
down and then but get under the space. platform. But he'd have to find his way back to that space. He'll learn, right? I don't think frogs learn. They're not dogs. They're frogs. I know it rhymes, but I don't mm. think frogs have that kind of cognitive ability. So I don't know so what's going to happen. So you're saying my frogs are going to die now? I, I don't know. I'm just a little worried about that. But the picture on the box makes it looks like the base sets all the way in the bottom, which would make sense, I would think, for frogs. And we spent probably five minutes trying to figure this out. And it turns out if you go to the website and look online, it does sit a few inches up, which does make sense when I got to thinking about it, because it's got some really nice art. It's not a photograph from the movie. It's an artistic rendering of the X-Wing on Dagobah and everything. And that is a couple inches up. If the base sat at the bottom, then there would be a gap between the base and the art. But what Marjorie realized is that art is just printed on some paper and taped on. Yeah, it's nothing special. Seriously, I can whip out a new one by myself. I just need to print something super high glossy and maybe some cardstock and it'll be fine. I think you need one of those large format printers. I believe it's longer than 11 inches. So I have to go to Kinko's Big Whoop. The aquarium itself is nothing to write home about. It's just kind of a rubber Dagobah hut. Yeah, it's not that exciting. And it's already started to smell. It smells like fish. Well, I told you it would. You knew this was coming and it's your job to clean it. But it's not dirty. It just smells funny when you open the lid. That's what I told you. Yeah. You're going to have this for five years. They live for five years? Yeah. Look what you signed up for. Huh. And these are living creatures depending on you for their survival. So you can't get rid of them. Well, guess we won't be having a child, will we? <laughs> you can't even care for tadpoles. No, if this was your way to test, then we've got a problem. This wasn't my test. You were the one who wanted the tadpoles. I'm the one who kept saying it's going to smell like a fish tank and you're going to have to take care of it. In other words, for once, I was the reasonable yeah, one. Yeah, you were right. I get one mark in that chalk column. Yes, that's it. Fortunately, according to the instructions, you don't have to actually capture the tadpoles to clean the tank. You just cup out half the water and then replace it with fresh water. Mm-hmm. That's your job, right? No, oh. they're your tadpoles. Huh. Don't know if they think I like this. This is a problem. Perhaps they will be for adoption soon <laughs> because this is not no, for me. No, they count on you for living. You're their mama. Oh, I haven't even named them yet. In the store report, we have still found nothing and I'm really thinking... I'm sorry, what, what did we find? Nothing! Absolutely nothing! There you go. Honestly, I don't even really feel like going to any stores but Toys R Us anymore. Marjorie's like, you want to go to Walmart? No. Why bother? Seriously, why freaking bother? Are they going to have the concept IG-88s I've never seen? No. Are they going to have the concept Snowtroopers I've never seen? No. The only place I have a chance of finding something new would be a Toys R Us with their EU wave. But you're not finding it. And I'm getting them from Brian's Toys and I don't need more than one, although I do like that wave in theory from the pictures I've seen online, so I'd like some openers. But it's just, I want to know from you guys, are you finding any of these hard-to-find figures at Walmarts or Targets or Kmarts anymore? Because I've gone to them and I just don't even see the point of it anymore. It's like I, I'm going to stop until August and I'll just buy online the figures that I've never seen from these later waves. I mean, I know Hasbro said they're having trouble getting them out, but it's to the point, why am I going to go? There's no new titaniums. There's no new Galactic Heroes and there's no new figures. The only thing that's going to happen if I keep going is I'm going to get in trouble and buy more Iron Man. So I don't see the yeah, point. Yeah, that's the one thing you go for is Iron Man. That's because there's new figures there. Yeah. There, and I'm, Marvel. Yeah. I'm so tired of seeing stagnant. Our pegs of figures are more stagnant than your tadpole pond and they stink worse too. Well, you know the one that is not moving that seems to be cluttering up about 75% of the pegs, don't you? Plo Koon. No one wants Plo Koon. Agent Kolar ain't doing so hot either. No, but there's not near as many of him as there are Plo Koon. Unless there's an exclusive to go for, which Toys R Us has with that wave and their Force Unleashed battle packs, I don't see the point of even looking anymore. It's getting to that point of like, why do this to myself? <laughs> I'm only going to live for so many years. How many of them am I going to spend 
and looking at Plo Koon figures. Wow. You okay there? I'm just very frustrated. I want new stuff. I want to buy. Don't worry, because this just means that much more money you're going to have for Celebration. True. And we're going to be talking a lot about Celebration. However, funny little coincidence, we haven't seen these because our area sucks, but there are stickers <laughs> on figures now saying you can win a trip for two VIP passes to Celebration 5. You think this would be good news, right? Yeah, I think so. Well, we're Star Wars fans. We're like an ex-wife. We can never be pleased. <laughs> apparently. Now, this is all heresy, but apparently Hasbro just sent rolls of stickers to stores to slap on <gasps> old figures that say, win a trip to C5, the tickets may be inside. Oh. THX182 posted some pictures in the forums of like blue carded figures from, what is that, almost two years ago now? Yeah. With the win a trip to C5 stickers. Oh, Hasbro, you're going to get in trouble. Now, yakface.com went to Hasbro to ask about some of this controversy, and Hasbro said that, yes, stickers are being applied to old figures. The figures with the celebration tickets were hand-delivered to stores, which means, I guess, all the winners are in New Jersey? Yeah, or Rhode Island. <laughs> I thought they might have gone a little bit out of that state. You think? Considering the fact you skip a quarter and it goes out of that state. That's true. But what's also funny is it says the tickets may be inside. No purchase necessary. Does that mean I'm supposed to rip them open in a Walmart? Do they have it on their website? They do have a website and we'll post the link from SWActionNews.com because it's long and drawn out and has question marks and ampersands and equal signs. Yeah, it's not very fun for you to stop your car and write. But what you have to do is send a SACI, which is a self-addressed stamped envelope for those people who do not grow up in the 70s and 80s. And you have to have a piece of paper in there on which you have hand printed. It says hand printed. So that must be a requirement. You need to put your name mailing address, age, and daytime phone number, and it has an address that it goes to. But if the tickets are inside the packages, how can you win by mailing? I've, I've never trusted these. No purchase necessary Mm-mm. to win, because I used to enter those all the time as a kid. Guess how often I won? Zero. Exactly. You know, Publishers Clearinghouse did get in trouble because they would give favorable mention in their like winnings to people who purchase subscriptions, and if you didn't purchase a subscription, you didn't have a chance. Yeah, wasn't it subscribers always win or something? Yeah. So yeah, Hasbro is kind of angering some people. <laughs> I don't know. I say anything to move the stock off the shelves. Yeah. Get me some new figures. If that means some idiot's going to buy a two-year-old figure going, hey, there might be tickets in here. Well, sorry you were uninformed. (laughs) I don't know why I laughed so devilish there. Sorry. Now, I did mention the Hasbro Force Unleashed Battle Packs. We still don't have those in our town, but we went to Chicago last weekend, hence why we weren't here. We love you, but Joel McHale was better. Yeah, I'm going to have to say, for those of you out there, no offense, but it's kind of hotter. But in Chicago, we did find plenty of the Force Unleashed figure packs. There's the one pack that has the Imperial Evo Trooper. That's E-V-O, not E-M-O. Or not Extra Virgin Olive Oil Trooper. Yes. Because a lot of people call it E-V-O-O. And next day you can get confused and think you're buying some sort of olive oil trooper. Maybe it comes with Popeye. Juno Eclipse in her, I believe, non-Imperial Regulation unzipped coat showing cleavage. Yeah, that's when she's trying to get something past somebody so she used her boobs. Galen Merrick in Winter Scarf. That's... More of a wrap than a scarf, but okay. Rom Coda's Militia Elite with a BFG. What's over with his head? He's wearing a helmet. <gasps> oh, so it's not like he's like Brainiac or anything. No. Okay. You see why I was confused. And then a Shadow Stormtrooper who you can see through. Because he's a hologram. Yes, I, apparently. With bad reception. What I love about these games that play fast and loose with continuity is Shadow Stormtroopers are no longer just wearing black, but now they can actually cloak themselves, even though this took place before A New Hope, and yet we never saw any troopers cloak themselves in 
three movies because I think some cloaked troopers might have actually, you know, helped the whole Endor defense thing. <laughs> I can understand why they wouldn't be on the Death Star because you're not expecting an assault on the Death Star. But how about Cloud City? Some cloaked troopers might have been advantageous there as well. Not a big fan of this transparent trooper. The b- baby blue on his cheeks is really weird. I don't like the whole thing because it just kind of looks like they're going on a whole nother color scheme on him and it just really is unsettling and unnerving and I don't like it. Sometimes those effects really work and other times they really don't work and this is one of the times where it just really does not work. And Rom Koda's militia elite with his gun. I can't figure out what the gun's supposed to be because it's the size of a bazooka but it has a Gatlin gun on the end. And it's as tall as he is so perhaps he needs a stand with it. Then we have the second pack with an Imperial Jump Trooper, Proxy, which I know I have personally wanted quite a bit. Another Galen Merrick. This time he's wearing some Mandalorian armor and comes with a helmet. A Felucian warrior. Not quite as neon as the one that came with the Rancor. This one's better, but it still looks like the crazy evil witch doctor people from Gilligan's Island. Even though in the Clone Wars, we didn't see any of them on Felucia when they went to Felucia, but I digress. Again, continuity, Arnie. Come on. And another Shadow Stormtrooper. So you got two of the same? I didn't even notice that. I can't tell any difference other than their poses in the box. One has the gun in the left hand, so he's the left-handed trooper. One is the gun in the right hand, so he's the right-handed trooper. I can't believe they went to different lengths to make them pose differently. you think for packaging it'd be easier since they already had that to do that. Well, maybe people who aren't looking close. Now, with my rule of whatever, I only bought one of each. I kind of want, though, another Felution and another Militia Elite and Scott from Tulsa was selling figures on the forums and I picked up his extra Shadow Stormtroopers out of here. But I think that I'm just going to keep an eye on the forums and see if anybody has loose the Militia Elite and the Felution because these packs were kind of pricey. 30 bucks piece. I don't feel like spending 30 bucks just for a guy with a gun as tall as he is. Still, I'm glad to be getting these figures from The Force Unleashed. The sequel supposedly coming out this November. Will it be pushed back umpteen times? Probably. And is there going to be a special figure? Probably. Are you going to go at midnight and buy one of every platform? No. <gasps> Really? Really. Continuing the story report, Jedi Temple Archives is reporting Target is tired of being left out in the cold. Because <laughs> Toys R Us has figures for $4.99, Walmart $4.50, now at Target $4.99. Although I'm hearing some Toys R Uses have marked their figures back up to the $8 price point. Ooh. And finally, with a follow-up to their last week hosting, Jerry and Dan wanted to update us on their hunt for the EU figures. Hey, Star Wars Action News. This is Dan, Darth Rockstar. And it's Bounty. And a little follow-up to our massive toy hunt last week. And a determined effort to find the EU figs, Bounty and I continued our search. Bounty went a little farther than I did with mine. I revisited a Toys R Us that we'd already gone to. And lo and behold, there, swinging from the pegs on Thursday, as predicted, was three-quarters. Well, not three-quarters. At least over half the wave. Uh, the, the trooper, the dark trooper, and the space trooper, the whippet Jedi, whose name, once again, does escape me, and half-naked Shakti. Knowing that uh, Jerry needed these and also that uh, Barrett needed them as well, I picked up the troops and sent off a quick uh, phone call to let them know that they were secured. Meanwhile... Yeah, see, now I was so interested in finding these, I decided to head north. I went to Green Bay, Wisconsin to one of the fine Toys R Us's there, and I found, this is so funny, this is why we're calling in, I mean, this is just hilarious, I found the Bestman Guard, and I found Jason and Jaina Solo. So Dan found one half the wave, actually a little bit more than half, but then I found the other half, and the funny thing is, I couldn't care less about Jason and Jaina, 
So, but I picked them up because I knew Rockstar needed them. And I, I did get the Bestman guards myself, and they did have two of them, which is what exactly I was looking at. And Dan, wouldn't it figure that you and I, we spend like seven hours doing toy runs, hit three Toys R Uses. It, it's really it's really weird. You you hit one that we actually went to. So do they actually have a pretty good stock of these EU waves, and they're just slowly trickling them in? Or it, it seems like more and more people are starting to find them if they just keep checking in. This thing this wasn't like a one week only type of thing. No, I talked to the guy and he's who was had stocked, and uh, this may have been just the the BS that they tell collectors to get rid of them. But he said that they did expect to get at least a couple more cases over the coming of the course of the coming weeks. So it does seem that they're maybe in limited quantities, but they are supposed to be receiving them for an amount of time, not just one case, one show, and that's all you get. Well, there you go. So listeners, we wanted to call in and just let everybody know that keep checking because they they are not one and done. Good luck out there and don't give up and keep checking those toys or us. Happy hunting. Thank you, guys. Glad to know you found them. I'm thinking ours has probably gotten them in and sold them out. I don't know. I don't think anything is moving in our... Well, we did find the Whippet there, so That's there true. were remnants there. We just hadn't been lucky enough to find the rest of the wave. Yeah. Now, there's been a lot of new items online this week. The first one, I honestly thought was an April Fool's joke. I am proud to say I'm not going to buy it either. The Space Slug Oven Mitt. Yeah, I, I just... You're not going to buy it? I really thought this would be up your alley. We hadn't talked about it. No, I I was not thrilled with it. I like it. I don't think it screams Star Wars, though. It's a space slug. How okay, could it... it could be any kind of worm slug from anything. It could be from a sci-fi movie. It could be this... Well, Empire Strikes Back is a sci-fi movie. could be the sci-fi channel slugs original movie oven mitt. I don't think it screams Star Wars. But it but... doesn't need to scream Star Wars if you know what it is. Now, I'm happy to say, unlike the Burger King promotion for <laughs> the oh, what's that brand with the glove. Oh, the, it ha- they had the Arby's mitt. That's oh, what it was. yeah, the Arby's oven mitt. Yeah, the Arby's oven mitt, which there were big signs all over our Arby's saying not actually used to be used as an oven mitt, and they were recalling it. This can be used as an oven mitt. It is made of flame retardant Nomex cotton blend. I believe they had to recall the Arby's oven mitt as well because he was, in fact, flammable. I like the Space Slug oven mitt. It's the best Space Slug collectible ever. Oh, ouch. Considering the fact that I think the only other one was that was it a celebration or a san diego comic-con diorama from sideshow yeah yeah i just didn't like the little toothpick millennium falcon no the oven mitt is better i i like this i really do i don't know that i'd let you use it because i've seen how stained your oven mitts get they get burnt they get food on them you know but i think it's a cute little collectible now you emailed me this week and said you really had to have the next item a wampa bearskin rug yeah but then i saw it and it just wasn't as cool as it could have been it's head's too big i think and really okay they have a slave leia pose with it um hello slave leia was nowhere near the wampa well the wampa would have killed her but you know it'd just be a big dog bed anyway like i'd let the dogs in near it where are you gonna put it in the Smithsonian. the dogs aren't allowed down where do you here. have the floor space for that when we clean it up uh-huh i think he has a cute face though and i think he's a great match with the tauntaun sleeping bag the two could hang on a wall next to each other i just thought it would be a lot cooler when i saw about it rather than when i saw the picture i just don't think it's well executed but again it 
I guess say $99. That's kind of pricey. It's... So I noticed as you sent me the link, though, that you already have the Space Slug oven mitt in your cart because you sent the link. I told you I'm getting it. Yeah. I was like, why is that? Oh, wait. Arnie sent me this link. You know, you told on yourself there. I said I was getting it. I haven't gotten the Tauntaun sleeping bag yet, and I'm hesitant on the Wampa rug. I just can't decide if they're cool enough for $100 each. I mean, they're cute and all, but they're certainly niche. And am I going to get as much enjoyment out of the Tauntaun and Wampa rug bag items? Or could I take that $200 and buy a premium format figure with a sideshow? You know, it's... I can understand why people would get it, though. They're both really cute and adorable and Mm -hmm. kitschy. Now, for celebration goers, you are going to need a backpack. Yes, you are going to need a backpack. Put your iPad in. I don't own an iPad. Yeah, you know what the W stands for. We're battling this right now because it's not a full moon and Arnie wants to buy an iPad, but... There are several different character backpacks on StarWars.com right now. There's an R2-D2, there's a Chewbacca. Only one of them's worth talking about, though. Oh, absolutely. It's the C-3PO Bespin Back Buddy. So it's a backpack with a disassembled C-3PO. Actually, I don't think he's disassembled. I just think he's squishy enough because there's a picture of him just as, like, a plushie. I think he's he either comes apart or he's bendy enough that you can just, like, bend his legs up around him. Au contraire. You should have read the description, Arnie, because it says C-3PO's appendages can easily be assembled to complete droid measuring over three feet tall. He also has light-up LED flicking eyes. So his legs do come off. His legs come off. Probably Velcro then. Yeah. This is great. It is about the size of an iPad. I can't believe there's a picture of an iPad going into it. That was quick. The iPads haven't been out all that long. I remember when we first went to Celebration 2 and the backpack du jour was the Yoda Mm -hmm. on a girl's back. Mm -hmm. And it was very cool because it was like Dagobah and Marjorie wanted one of those. Now they have those all over. This is the second backpack that I think is really, really worth it. I'm not sure if it's actually going to be good enough for Celebration because... No, I'm sorry. You need like a hiking the Appalachian Trail backpack. You You know, you need the aluminum frame. You need to carry your autograph items. You need to carry your camera. I don't know that all of this would fit in this little 22 inch high by 13 inch wide by 8 inch deep backpack. Especially since a lot of that is taken up by stuffed 3 POs. Yeah, that's the problem. But apparently if you have an iPad, you must buy this. And please do so using the Star Wars shop link from the Star Wars Action News homepage. For vintage collectors, Brian's Toys has got to be your destination this week. They're doing a consignment sale of over 500 vintage items. They've got figures, play sets, die-cast vehicles, carrying cases. It looks to all be AFA graded. They've got so much that they actually just put up a spreadsheet that you can download. So if you're needing some vintage items, check out Brian's Toys. And again, when checking out from Brian's Toys, please be sure to mention you heard about them from Star Wars Action News. And since you're in the mood for bargain shopping anyway, our friends over at Jedi Temple Archives are reporting that Hasbro Toy Shop has over 75 basic figures priced at $4.99 each, and some of the comic packs are down to $6.99 each. Battle packs are between $20 and $25, and there's a coupon code. Yeah, and this is actually a really good one if you use, here's the code, kids, free ship 20. That's free ship 20. All uppercase letters. All one word. You get 20% off your order and free shipping. That's like, hey, please take these. They're taking up our warehouse. Please, please take them. And again, I keep going to Hasbro Toy Shop looking for all those figures I've never found and they don't have them. But the figures I have found, you can buy there cheaper than you can in stores when you use the 20% off coupon code and Mm -hmm. the free shipping. If you are always wanting bobblehead mashups and that's like your one wish, the good news is now these are going to be coming out in September just in time for Halloween. I personally do not like these. I don't like bobbleheads anyway. They creep me out. Not so big a fan of these mashups either. Uh, Mashups, I think, are kind of overplayed. 
Star Wars seems to be behind the curve on things like this. But if you need a mashup of the werewolf and Chewbacca, your prayers have been answered. I don't know. There's also a zombie stormtrooper, but it's not death troopers like zombie. It's just generic zombie. I kind of like the Frankenstein Vader because his mouth is all weird. I don't get it, but it's like this cavernous triangle mouth. And I don't know why I'm drawn to that one. The one I don't get is Yoda because I don't know if he's mashed up or just hung over. He's kind of got bloodshot eyes and he kind of looks like, oh God, what did I do last night? And who was the skank I did it with? I don't know what he's supposed to be other than just Yoda after cocaine binge. Ouch. I get the Frankenstein, the zombie and the werewolf. Yoda just drank too much tequila Yoda. Also, it's Yoda and a gargoyle. Of course, gargoyle. How could I miss that? Yeah, it says gargoyle. I didn't think gargoyle. I thought Bella Lugosi, but okay. I kind of thought it might have actually been Igor. Oh yeah, it kind of looks like Igor too. I mean, Yoda does have the hump on his back, or at least he did in, you know, the original trilogy. He, I guess, developed some osteoporosis between Revenge of the Sith and Empire Strikes Back. He did not take his calcium pills. Probably hard to find a pharmacist on Dagobah. The Walgreens has not opened yet. Those probably all smell like mothballs too, because you bet there was moths on Dagobah. While you're at Entertainment Earth, they also have available for pre-order the Remote Control Millennium Falcon. Good luck with that. If you're going to buy one of these, though, I think the Falcon's the one we saw it at Toy Fair. It did appear to go somewhat better than the Jedi Starfighter or the Republic Gunship. It did. However, there's a professional doing it, allegedly. We have links to all of those from SWActionNews.com. Now, also, last time we did a show, two weeks ago, we were talking about the Star Wars bookends, and we gave a coupon code that was expired just about the same time the show came out. There have been other coupon codes up since. I missed out ordering the first time with the coupon code. There's a website I go to a lot called The Bargainist, and I suggest you go there. They are constantly posting Borders coupons. Well, they're posting everybody's coupons. It's the place to go to get anything if you need to buy it. Any name brand store, and actually at all the little stores too, but anything online or in person, you can get it at The Bargainist. Also, I get emailed coupons from Borders all the time because I'm a member of their like rewards club where you know, you go and you scan Oh yeah, the we card. signed up once and they keep bothering us. Yeah, well, I get like 20% to 40% off coupons all the time. I think you can sign up for this online too. So if you want these bookends and you don't want to pay the full 60, sign up for their mailing list. You'll get a coupon code. I got these for $40 ship. So I was pretty happy with that. We'll review them when we get a chance. Even though the website says not available in stores, I've seen a lot of reports on the forums that yes, they are available in stores and they're tiny and lightweight and probably won't hold your books too well. Oh. Really? That's what I'm hearing. I've placed the order, so we'll have to see ourselves. It's so hard to tell when something like that. That's one downside to internet shopping. Yes, you can stay inside and order your clothes and your underwear, but what you... Well, that's a good thing. It may be like in Spinal Tap, and what you think you're getting is this giant Stonehenge replica, but it's a little tiny six-inch replica because people didn't know the inch and foot hash mark. That happens to me all the time when buying Star Wars stuff. I look at it online, and they, like, have midgets pose with it, so it looks (laughs) giant, and then I get it. Can't you tell because they look like midgets? No, it's that whole forced perspective thing. Mm. And now, there's been a lot of Celebration 5 news this week, and we want to go through it. But first, there's a voicemail that I really want to play. Hi, honey, Marjorie. Uh, Darth Bugger here. Um, I've been thinking about going to Celebration for years, and when I found out it was going to be in Orlando, I was really excited. It's only a couple of hours away from where I live. And I thought, yep, I'm going to sign up this year. But then you started your podcast talking about queuing for hours and hard concrete floors and dehydration and deodorant or lack thereof. And it's made me think twice about the whole thing now. So a 
apart from the chance, of course, to meet uh, fellow Swanlings face-to-face, uh, why should I, if uh, you're not socially skilled, which I'm not particularly, what happens at these celebrations that I would regret if I missed it? Um, another thing, um, living in Florida, I, I admit that the heat and the uh, humidity in August is going to be oppressive, but that's outdoors. Um, it might be different in a huge convention center with so many people, but in places like restaurants and movie theaters in Florida, they crank the AC up so high, you'll hear the plink plink of brass monkey gonads. So at least on the first day, I'd suggest anyone going to celebration, until you've sussed out the, what the indoor climate's going to be, uh, take a sweatshirt along. And thanks for a great show. Bye. you should be afraid of going to celebration just because of those things, but understand that celebrations in the past have involved a lot of standing for hours and moving a foot every 30 minutes in the store or waiting in a big line to get into an event. That's kind of how it is at conventions. There's going to be a lot of walking. It's like this at any convention and the bigger the convention, the worse it is. San Diego Comic-Con is like this every year. Again, every year I'm like, why do I come to this thing but i have so much fun while i'm there because i meet so many people i have friends i only see once a year in san diego i mean i think it's an experience that can't be missed but i don't know it's not an easy experience if you're the kind of person who your idea of a vacation is going to an all-inclusive resort sitting by the pool and having some local bring you my ties then this is not going to be your type of fun no this is it's work a little bit you're going to be tired every day the experience is what you make it though it doesn't have to be work. Now, you say you're going to be indoors. Well, the problem is so many people line up starting at like 4 a.m. to get into the convention. Even earlier than that, sometimes depending on the exclusive, there's people who line up as soon as it's over for the day for the next morning. And these are the people who like want the special Gentle Giant exclusive or the special Star Wars shop exclusive. We don't know what those are going to be yet, but people who want something very specific and they are going to do whatever it takes to get it, they sit outdoors for a long time. And if you've listened to the show for a long time or gone to our Facebook page, you see the video of when we sat out all night in the middle of a tornado and cold and rain to see George Lucas at Celebration 3. I mean, that's what I felt was worth doing for what I wanted. Now, I got to admit at Celebration 4, after we got the exclusives, which we got the first day, we didn't wait in line with everybody else. We'd wait for the con to be open for half an hour. After the whole line had gone in, we just sauntered on in and did what we wanted. Yeah, you actually ended up saving a lot more time because I got to sleep in a little bit longer had a nice breakfast at Starbucks and you could just walk right up to the door and walk in. You didn't have to worry about this ungodly line or sitting out there and it's hot and sweaty and there's bugs or it's cold. And It just depends on what you want and you're going to be able to get into some Q&As without waiting and some mm-hmm. shows. Other shows you will have to wait. I remember how hard it was to see Star Wars in 30, 30 minutes. minutes at Celebrations 2 and 3. Mm-hmm. You would have to wait in line for like 3 or 4 
hours to see that show. Yeah. At Celebration 4, we walked right in and just sat down. It just depends on what the hot shows are that year. I think it perhaps was easier for us to see Star Wars in 30 minutes in L.A. because it's an L.A.-based show and they run it there year-round, whereas when they came to Indianapolis, people who weren't in L.A. didn't have a chance to see it anywhere else. Also, the one-man Star Wars trilogy, I think that was Celebration 3 4. and 4. Which one was it where I just walked right in? I think it was 4, 4. where we just walked right in and sat down just because my feet hurt and there was no line and yeah. we felt like sitting down and watching that show because it's a funny show. So if you go to Celebration and are like, I have to have this exclusive, you gotta work for it or you gotta just resign yourself to paying three, four, five times the cost on eBay and realize what you're paying for is convenience. Well, and the smart thing to do sometimes is to wait till after the convention hype dies down because then it goes for just slightly above retail and let's say, you know, your time is worth more than $10. You're not gonna wait in line for someone to hand you $10. Mm-hmm. Convention centers, by their nature, have hard concrete floors. They just do. They're not there for your comfort. Toy Fair is like this every year when we go at the Javits Center, San Diego Comic-Con, Wizard World. We, <laughs> we've done a tour of convention centers coast <laughs> to coast. They all have crappy floors. You take comfortable shoes and you walk where you want to walk and you walk where you want to walk when you want to do it. Now, a convention is what you make it. If you are the type of person like we are, we're kind of goal-driven people if you haven't been able to tell by the fact that we've been doing this show for five years and never missed a week. Okay, bro. We're the kind of people who are going to put ourselves through brutal, physical, self-inflicted punishment to save $10 on an exclusive. But yeah, it's it's a lot of people and there's always some area that appears to be mismanaged, be it the store, be it the autograph area, be it something. The opening ceremonies, the lines for opening ceremonies are always got off. Mm-hmm. There's, if there's one must-do event, it's hard to get into, it really is. But if you don't set your entire enjoyment of going on this one event, then skip it Mm -hmm. and do something else during that time. Now, you say that you don't really have great social skills. You said it yourself. I don't know you. I can't say for sure. You seemed pleasant. Yeah, you seemed very nice. What I can say is Star Wars Action News is going to be having a great get-together near the beginning of the con. Details to be announced shortly. We have great partners helping us out with this. We're not ready just to announce yet. A super secret partner. Well, that's what you do on your own time. But (gasps) Yes, right. I'm sorry. That would be a great chance for you to come out and just meet some people. I know that a lot of people, when we did the party at Celebration 4, met others who they then hung out with for much of the weekend. Not just to pimp our own event, but people at Celebrations are nice. I'm not all that fond of people, by and large. Yeah, you say that. However, you are the guy that talks to everybody. No, they all talk to me. Uh-huh. Remember that? And they all talk to you. Remember that guy? Gotham City based on Chicago and Metropolis based on that York. Jedi guy that kept hugging me. And then the guy who invited you back to his room to see his magic deck. This is magic cards. Uh-huh. Takes a lot more than that to get me back to your hotel room, guys. <laughs> Gotta be Pokemon. Yeah. I love that Pokemon. <laughs> but people are really friendly at cons. They are. And you're all there for the same reason. I remember making some great friends at the enormously long line at Celebration 3 for the store. And we'd stand there for hours and we cheered each other on when we got to the end. It was, you know, you could all almost hear chariots of fire playing in the background and i met some friends in the lucas line we went to celebration four this guy came up to me arnie and hugged me yeah we'd stood next to each other in line for lucas for many hours and it was kind of like we hadn't seen each other since the war so i don't think you need to have good social skills because they're chatty people the world around and they're all at celebration the other thing is like marjorie and i tend to be a little jaded this isn't our first rodeo anymore i remember at celebration two i was like there's greedo there's uncle owen now i'm kind of 
kind of like, well, Uncle Owen's dead, so I would be, oh my God, it's Uncle Owen. But, you know, Paul Blake has been to enough of these conventions that I've been to. Jeremy Bullock recognizes us on site and waves to us. You know, so we start to get a little jaded because some announcements have been made. Carrie Fisher, Jeremy Bullock, Peter Mayhew, Paul Blake, Mike Quinn, who's nine numb, Tim Rose, Admiral Akbar, Orly Shoshan, Shakti, they're all coming. And my initial reaction was, well, it looks like I'm saving some money on autographs as I have these people. But by the same token, wouldn't it be depressing if they weren't there and you didn't ever go to a celebration before and you want Greedo's autograph or you want Shakti's autograph? You know, that is part of the fun of going to your first convention like that, too, is the shock of, oh, my God, I just touched Greedo. It's awesome. You were embarrassed back then when we went to Celebration 2. I was very shy before we started the show. I know that's very hard to believe right now. You wouldn't go up to Rosie. I'm blanking on his real name, but he was Rosie in In Strange Strange Brew. Brew. Yeah, that's what I'm like. Oh, my God, it's a guy from Strange Brew. Who cares if it was in Star Wars? He was Rosie from Strange Brew. I think he was Red Leader or something like that. And uh, I made you do it. Yeah, you made me do it. But you made me tell him that my wife loves you in Strange Brew. Yes, because we were within seven days of our wedding. I did. (sighs) Those were the days. Now, somebody whose autograph I don't have is coming. Dickie Beer. I'm sorry. <laughs> Apologies to Mr. Beer for Marjorie's untoward reaction to your name. I'm sorry, but if your name is Richard, you not go by Dickie. <laughs> He's probably English, where a Dickie is something you wear or not. Yeah, they make Dickies. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a faux turtleneck. It's just, it's, you know, just the neck. He was a stuntman who played several roles in Return of the Jedi, including Boba Fett. I think I'm going to pass on his autograph because... Because I can't do it because I'll go up there and giggle. <laughs> I'm sorry. It doesn't help that his last name is Beer. It sounds like a prank you'd pull in college, Dickie Beer. No, it sounds like a cool microbrew. Dickie Beer. It's all the cool kids drink. Some really cool Celebration 5 news and another reason to go. Jay Lagaya is returning as the host. I heart him. He was great. When he sang the Weird Al song, I mean, I realize this sounds really strange. Jay Lagaya, who played Captain Typho, <laughs> singing a Weird Al song. But he sang it with such heart and soul that I kind of welled up. And I like Anthony Daniels a lot. I think he's a great MC, but Jay Lagaya really, I kind of think that some of these Kiwis are like the way the United States used to be in the 50s with all their Frank Sinatra kind of people who can act and sing and dance and they're these multi-talented individuals. They got nothing else to do. I mean, look at how so many of our stars these days are Australian or New Zealand. See, what's happened in America is we have been scraping the bottom of the barrel for talent. We're down to Lindsay Lohan and they have real talent in other yes. countries now. Yes. So, Jay Lagaya is great. Here's something interesting. We watched a terrible movie. This is a complete aside called Couples Resort. Don't see it. No. Oh, my God. It's terrible. Oh. It has Tamura Morrison in it. Yeah, we're both watching the credits. We're like, Tamura Morrison took us by surprise. He doesn't act all that much on stage or on screen. So it was interesting. But I didn't realize that Jay Lagaya was the best man at Tamura Morrison's wedding or vice versa. One of them. Okay. And this matters to us. I just think it's cool that they're friends. Oh. And now that Arnie has transcended into the weird, uncomfortable. Let's move on. Also at Celebration 5, they've announced that something that I know Nathan and I have really wanted, I don't know about the rest of you, but Nathan and I have been long complaining. Well, we all know that the world revolves around you and Nathan. Oh, wait, wait, you guys just think that. The web comics for the Star Wars Clone Wars that came out last season never were released. We were hoping they'd be released on the DVD set or the Blu-ray set or in some form of print. Well, it was announced by StarWars.com and Pablo Hidalgo put it on his Facebook. The season one web comics are going to be 
collected, printed, and they're going to be an exclusive trade paperback to Celebration 5. So that is very cool. I hope they do that with Season 2. Star Wars Action News' forum member, Revan Strone, was one of the artists on that. And I actually think the Season 2 webcomic, story-wise and everything, was stronger than Season 1. Season 1 was kind of like a fill-in-the-gaps between the episodes. Season 2 did its own thing, but it's great to see they're going to be collected. And if you're not going to Celebration, it is going to be on StarWarsShop.com after. Well, that would be easier than having to haul it home. We're driving, so that's okay. It's when we fly that really paying shipping (sighs) seems worth it. Yeah. Also last week, Jerry and Dan talked about the return to Endor trip. It's the last tour to Endor. Last tour to Endor. This is going on Saturday night during Celebration. It was a little bit pricey. Marjorie and I did buy tickets. I made you. I'm not going to lie. Well, here was my thing. I need someone to ride roller coasters with too, by the way. Just FYI, saying Artie's not a roller coaster guy. If there's any guys out there or girls that want to ride roller coasters, hook me up. You do get full admission to the Disney park for the evening. They have a Disney fireworks show. I've never it's seen Star one. Star Wars themed though. Yeah, but you've seen Disney fireworks like on New Year's. Oh my God. Yeah. Do you know why that's every year in 4th of July? I'm like, yeah, we can go to fireworks here. We can go to fireworks in a different city. Because if you've seen Disney's, they just all pale. Like they spend like our annual salary combined on fireworks every night. I think they spend more than that. Probably. And I've never seen a Disney fireworks show. The thing is, they didn't do this at Celebration 2, but at 3 and 4, they kind of nickel and dime you a little bit. I guess they did it too by having a fan club breakfast that we went to. Mm-hmm. But at 3, they had that Star Wars party or yeah. whatever. We were too tired to go because that was... This... We went and it, yeah. they had that band we and there was like a fire stay. breather and they did like arena. But we paid like extra money for it. And then when you got in there, you want to know what everyone was doing? Standing in line. For a t-shirt. Yeah. It was, we I was too tired for that after the Lucas line. I was having none of it. But it was great because you got to meet Bananakin Skywalker because we left early. I love Bananakin Skywalker. I met him at Celebration 4 as well out of costume. And at Celebration 4, they had the evening with Carrie Fisher that you had to pay extra for. Very worth it, but you know. Yeah, it was her Broadway show, I believe. Or similar. similar. Her one-woman show. I don't know if it was wishful drinking in all its glory. No, but... it probably wasn't. And when I saw this was Saturday night and it's on StarWarsCelebration.com, I'm thinking, this is probably the evening's festivities that you gotta pay extra for, and it's a little bit more expensive, but hey, you get to ride Star Tours, which, despite being a little dated, is very fun. Mm-hmm. You get to go for the last time. It's a great chance to pick up all those Disney exclusives that they're gonna have, such as that battle pack with Teak and the crazily dressed Imperial Trooper. So, we did pick up tickets for that, and I know just through osmosis and peer pressure, some others have picked up tickets. Who'd you peer pressure into doing it? I didn't peer pressure anyone. I just posted that we did it, and then people are like, well, if Arnie and Marjorie are going, we're gonna go. And then people are like, well, if all the cool kids are going, we're gonna go. Uh, <laughs> I've never been in that club. No, so. me either. I'm just saying what was said on the forums. And so, yeah, we're going. Decided we're gonna go. So, it's a safe bet our Star Wars Action News get-together will not be on Saturday night unless we have it at Disney. Again, need someone to ride roller coasters with. I don't know. I think it'll be fun to... I think it will be a lot of fun. I'm actually looking forward to it. And I think I think Celebration 5 is just going to be a big blast. I promise I will never complain about being cold at Celebration again either. Not after this one. No. But Celebrations are so fun. We wouldn't go and spend all this money and do no, all this. No, I wouldn't. Yeah. It, it would be our dream to have a Celebration so close to our backyard as it is for you. Indiana again? Yeah. I, mean, I loved Indiana. It was uh, awesome. It, it, it's an expensive time and it's what you make of it. It's as hard as you make it. And we're going to be road tripping down, so we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to take the convertible. Mm-hmm. 
Not the Hummer. And we're going to drive top down all the way to California. The convertible, not Marjorie. Yeah, not, oh yeah. I, well, maybe. I don't know. It depends if I want tan lines or not, I guess. But drive topless all the way to Florida and back. Speaking of women's tops. Yes. Well, that's what we call in the business a segue. <laughs> I actually got to interview Ashley Eckstein about her universe, which is, you know, not her own little private world going on in her head. It, which might have been a fun interview, too. It might have been, too, yes. I got to talk to her about her line of women's clothing coming out, and she did some really cool stuff with this, and such an awesome company, and she's doing such awesome things with it. And we're not just saying that because we had her on the show. No, no, no. I was actually really impressed after talking to her because she's going to be marketing women's shirts, and they're going to have the things that you want, and like they're going to fit your chest instead of either having to buy them too big or too small for your boobs, and they're going to be long enough where when you bend over, everybody's not going to see your underwear or your back, or if you've got a tramp stamp, I guess, that you kind of regret. You, can, you don't have to worry about it. It's great. It's nice um, I form... I like tramp stamp. Uh-huh. It's called a bullseye. Nice form-fitting shirts that are feminine, but yet still cool, and there's going to be Star Wars, and she handed it some other lines, maybe. I, I just think it's a really cool thing. I'm going to support this 100%. I think it's awesome, 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 and I can't wait. So here is Marjorie and Ashley X. Now joining us is Ashley Eckstein, the voice of Ahsoka Tano on The Clone Wars and founder of Her, Her Universe. Thank you for joining us, Ashley. Oh, thank you so much for having me. So for some of our listeners who are not familiar, maybe they've been hiding under a rock lately, what is Her <laughs> Universe? Oh, Her Universe is a new fashion line for female Star Wars and sci-fi fans in general. Um, our first line is Star Wars, though, and um, we hope to make girls head-to-toe geek chic. Um, <laughs> it's an idea of mine that started, um, that started about three years ago, and um, when I was cast as the role of Ahsoka on The Clone Wars, I just I scoured the internet looking for merchandise to kind of show off my fandom of Star Wars because I was a fan of Star Wars before I was cast on the show, but of course I became an even bigger fan once I was um, got the role of Ahsoka. And, you know, I just wanted to show off that I was a Star Wars fan. I wanted shirts and hats and all sorts of things. And I scoured the internet and discovered that it didn't really exist. Uh, there's, there's a couple things here and there, but I Either they were back-ordered or hard to find or sold out. And so I just I started doing my research, and I found that almost 50% of Star Wars fans, or close to 50% of Star Wars fans, were female. And it just didn't make sense to me that, you know, 80% of the consumer market is female, close to half of all Star Wars fans is female, and I just didn't understand why they weren't getting the merchandise to buy. So um, three years later, here we are, Her Universe, and we just hope to become the destination for female fans. Like I said, I'm very excited about this. That's one of the struggles I have as a female Star Wars fan, and I come from a long line of female fandom. My mother was a huge Star Wars fan, and I'm used to wearing boy shirts, and <laughs> you know, you have to buy them a little smaller. They never fit your curves right, and it, it yeah. is very exciting to have this, and I know Notice that you're having some great sizing in this where you're going to cover from extra small all the way up to double extra large, which is a big thing because fans do come in all shapes and sizes. Yes, yes. That was, that's been, you know, kind of the number one, you know, comment and concern from fans so far, except in asking for suggestions and asking for feedback. And 
um, everyone was questioning the sizes, and it was something that I definitely took into consideration from the very beginning. I, I wanted to offer a variety of sizes. I also wanted the shirts to fit true to size. You know, there, I just bought a shirt recently that, you know, was a size, it, it was labeled size large, but it might have been labeled, I mean, it might as well have been labeled a size small. It fit like a small T-shirt. And, um, you know, I really tried to find shirts that were made for the female body but fit true to size. And so most of our shirts uh, fit true to size. Some may fit a bit small. Some may actually fit a bit large. Um, so we're going to have sizing uh, notes on our website on heruniverse.com. But that was the goal for me from the beginning. You know, right now we're starting out with sizes extra small through double XL. But I'm also exploring um, and finding garments for uh, small plus sizes for the girls that may need beyond a double XL because I, I want to provide merchandise for all shapes and sizes because I feel that every female body is beautiful and curves are beautiful and we want to show them off. So if you know if you need something you know smaller or larger than extra small or double XL, please know where I am actively um, searching out garments in all sizes and, and hopefully that we'll have your size soon. But um, I want the garments to be just right. I don't want to just throw anything out there. I want them to fit right. I want them to feel right. And I want them to look right. You know, we really appreciate that. I think us females will wait as long as it takes because it is frustrating to buy a female shirt and it be the you think it's a large and you get it and it's either a double extra large or even a small. So we completely understand we'll wait. This has been years in the making. Now I see t shirts on there and I saw the lightsaber lip gloss, which kind of excited yeah. me, to be honest, that you were talking oh, about yeah. that. Now, what kind of other items can we expect? I saw rhinestone hats mentioned. Can we yes, expect? yes. Well, right now we're starting out. I think we're coming out um, what you can expect to see with on our website and also at our first couple conventions. I think we have like um, seven or eight T-shirts. Uh, we're going to have a long sleeve tee, uh, um, long sleeve thermal hoodie tee. We're also going to have a zip up hoodie sweatshirt that I'm excited about. Um, and then we're going to have two necklace options in the beginning. And uh, these are going to be more, uh, one is an Empire Strikes Back theme necklace. And um, one is a, a really nice symbol pendant necklace that I'm excited about. Um, but I also hope to, with the jewelry, the jewelry really excites me. I, I hope to go into even some more replica pieces from the movies, um, but also with a mix of everyday jewelry. So um, look for the replica pieces uh, in the future. I'm actually um, starting to design a piece now. Uh, so look for that hopefully in 2000, uh, 2011. I'm also doing, you mentioned the rhinestone hats. Uh, this is just a, you know, my husband's a baseball player, so I'm always wearing ball caps. Um, I love, you know, just to throw on a baseball hat. And um, uh, we're starting with a Star Wars, just a Star Wars logo hat, but we're covering it in Swarovski crystal. You know, uh, you, you just have to see it. You have to trust me on it. It's it's definitely not cheesy at all. It just, um, I think it's they're really classy looking. Uh, and we're using black crystals and purple crystals, you know, some deeper colors. Um, so it'll just be the right amount of sparkle because, you know, I kind of figure what girl doesn't want a little bit of sparkle? Uh, you know, we all have a different, you know, take on what color we want. But um, I think every girl 
girl, you know, at the end of the day, appreciates a little bit of sparkle. Um, but also, so we're having two necklaces and the hats, and um, definitely I hope to go into cosmetics as well. Uh, the first thing from us, look for lightsaber lip gloss. Unfortunately, it's not going to come until 2011. Um, probably look for it next spring, early summer uh, for the lightsaber lip gloss. Um, finding out the cosmetics take a little while to, to make, but again, um, I don't want to uh, rush something out there. Um, I want it to be just right. So I'm kind of a stickler for um, the quality on it. So we're working really hard on that, but definitely look for cosmetics to start in 2011. Is there any plan to maybe branch out into the handbags or tote bags? I've collected Japanese handbags from the Star Wars in the 70s and 80s, and I've been kind of fashioning my own and sewing them out of vintage bed sheets. That's awesome. Yes, no, and uh, you know what? It's funny. Um, uh, I was actually just up at uh, in San Francisco yesterday meeting with Licensing about future products, and one of on the top of our list for our, kind of our second collection is a bag. So um, I, uh, I, you know, when I say jewelry, I'm kind of lumping it in the accessories category, and I definitely too I plan on expanding to all sorts of accessories from purses to jewelry to um, I'd love to do belts. Uh, you know, we have such a long list of items that we want to make, and um, unfortunately, we have to start small. Uh, but we, uh, you know, I'm just uh, I have this long list, and I'm listening to fans' comments, and I, our list is growing. And you know, all I can ask the fans is is that you know, definitely, I hope her universe becomes a line where you know we provide the fans with what they want. I mean, I, I'm listening and taking notes to everything that the fans want, and then I'm taking those notes directly to Lucasfilm and I'm saying, hey, you know, this is what the fans want. Um, you know, we sat down for like an hour yesterday uh, up at Lucasfilm and just talked about future products and what we'd like to do. You know, all I ask of the fans is just, you know, to show your support because, uh, you know, we need to prove that the female fans are there and that they do want merchandise. So if we prove um, sales, you know, if we prove that, hey, the girls are here and they are buying and, you know, the more support that the fans can show, the more that we're going to be able to make. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about that. And, you know, I'm just, you know, telling everyone at Lucasfilm saying, you know, trust me, the female fans are here and, and we want merchandise. <laughs> now, one thing that I think came to a lot of people's minds when they heard about this when girl clothes was that it was going to be pink and frilly. And, you know, a lot of the sports stuff, you know, since your husband plays baseball is just the same thing as the boys, but in a girl fit and it's pink. Now, I've seen nothing like that on your website, which kind of makes me happy in a way. Because yeah. I like the pink and frilly stuff too it sometimes, but it's it's great that it's not all pink and frilly. Now, why is it important to differentiate yourself from that sort of merchandise? You know, it's funny. I'll start I'll start out by saying that, you know, I, I love the color pink, but I feel that us fangirls have had enough things in pink to last us a lifetime. So I purposely from the very beginning I said in this, you know, in this first collection I don't want there to be any pink. I said we're going to use blacks, we're going to use browns, we're going to use grays, we're going to use jewel tones like deep sapphires and rubies and purples. 
you know, those that was kind of our color palette uh, from the beginning. That's you know, that those are the colors we wanted to use. And um, you know, because I, I, you hit the nail on the head. I feel that us girls, we look at the designs from Mark Echo, and we look at you know the designs from Adidas and some of the other things, and we want that. We just want we want it in our sizes, and we want it to fit the female body. So I kept that in mind. I kept in mind saying, you know. I want to create a shirt that, you know, let's turn the tables. I want to create a shirt that the guys will want, that literally they're saying, we want that, but in our size. <laughs> and so, you know, that's what we tried to do. I, I hope we achieved that um, in, in our first collection, but we were definitely, that was a conscious decision. Now, are you ever going to offer shirts or merchandise for the male fans, even though they have their own stuff and have to exclude <laughs> sometimes? You know, right now, I feel that the the... the you know, the male fan base, they're covered um, right now. Uh, and, you know, her universe is, is a destination for her. You know, it's, you know, I view that our line right now is the first um, female uh, line for Star Wars just for her, for the female fan. So, you know, you never know what, what the future brings. Um, I guess always in motion the future is. But, you know, right now it's just for the female fan. I mean, I've noticed a lot of designs that were posted on StarWars.com and on HerUniverse.com. Of those designs that we've seen you model, which one's your favorite? You know, right now, and it's, it's funny because it's not um, – I have a couple. Well, well, probably my favorite so far is the Plo Koon and Ahsoka shirt. Um, and that one's kind of dear to my heart because uh, Dave Filoni actually designed it. I kind of feel that, you know, it has a special meaning behind it. You know, each one of our designs, each, each you know, design we have was picked because there's a story behind it or there's a special meaning behind it. And, and the Plo Koon and the Soka shirt, you know, obviously Plo Koon is Dave's favorite character. And, you know, I'm the voice of Ahsoka. And, and, and you know, the background, you know, Plo Koon actually found Ahsoka when she was a youngling and um, brought her to the Jedi Temple. And, you know, I kind of feel that it parallels what happened in real life. Uh, when I auditioned for the show, I was still fairly new to voiceover. Um, I'd done, a, you know, on-camera acting, but I, I really didn't have a major voiceover role under my belt yet. I was still kind of a, a Padawan, I guess you could say, a novice. And um, Dave, you know, really went to bat for me. He, he you know, he really saw that he felt that I could, you know, take on the challenge of Ahsoka and, you know, really, um, you know, convinced George Lucas and some of the other people at Lucasfilm that, that I could do the role. And um, I'm just forever grateful. I don't know, you know, what he, he saw in me that he trusted me because, uh, you know, I felt that it was a huge opportunity and I really didn't have much to show for it yet, but he trusted me that I could do it. And, um, you know, I just feel that I have a special relationship with Dave. I feel like I'm Dave's Padawan and he's my Jedi Knight. And, um, so, you know, I, I just asked him, I said, you know, would you design me a shirt that symbolizes the relationship between Plo Koon and Ahsoka? And, um, you know, he, he got us back something I felt that it was really stylish and really simple, and we put it on a black uh, deep V-neck, and it's really soft. The fabric is really soft, and um, he gave us his Plo Koon symbol, you know, as his sign-off. So that's probably my favorite so far, but we also have an Empire Strikes Back long sleeve tee with that's the classic Vader uh, movie poster, and it's really cool. It's got some silver foil on it, and um, it's just it's that's probably another favorite of mine as well. I also want to applaud you for one thing. And this is not even a question, <laughs> but 
I would applaud you for making the shirts a little bit longer so that your tummy doesn't show or your back. That's a huge thing. That is a huge thing, and it's a huge thing for me. Um, you know, I never liked shirts where your, you know, where your stomach hung out. But you know, it's funny when I when I actually met my husband, I had a couple shirts that you know, of course, were short, and you try to pull them down, but it's inevitable. Your stomach ends up showing, and and you know, he said, you know, right when we were dating, and then when we got married, he goes, you know, he goes, I just appreciate if you don't wear those, and I agree, I don't like my stomach hanging out, but you know, I've always. Uh, sought out um, longer shirts. And, and this garment manufacturer that we found, all of their shirts actually have a longer, you know, they have some length to them. And um, so I'm, I'm glad that you feel the same way because I, I don't like my stomach hanging out. I think, you know, I much prefer the longer fit. Yeah, it just, it works so much better. Now that you have us all excited about these products, are these going to be available exclusively through the website? Or I know you mentioned conventions having a booth. Are we going to be able to buy them at conventions as well? Yes, great question. Um, that's uh, actually, you have both opportunities. Our product will be available probably we're looking about mid-June right now when our online store will launch um, on heruniverse.com. So just go to www.heruniverse.com and um, we're going to, as soon as we nail down a date, we're going to make an announcement of when our online store is opening. But right now, um, keep mid-June in mind. That's when it's looking. Uh, but we're also, we're going to premiere our line. Um, our first convention is at San Diego Comic-Con. We're also going to be at Celebration 5 in Orlando and then um, Dragon Con and Chicago Comic-Con as well as New York Comic-Con. So um, we're going to be at all of those conventions. Look for the Her Universe booth. Uh, we're actually going to be in the Lucasfilm Pavilion at Comic-Con and, and then uh, on our website. And um, to all of our international fans, uh, you can order our product on our website. We are able to ship internationally. So we've had a bunch of, of questions from our fans from Australia and Japan and, and Germany and London, people wondering if they can order it. And yes, you can. So just go to heruniverse.com. I think you've thought of everything. That's fantastic because I know a lot of times the international people feel slighted. So it's wonderful. Yeah. Now I have one last question regarding your clothing line. Okay. I don't just love Star Wars. I am a huge fan of other things that all geeky girls love. Even my dog is named Logan after Wolverine. So is there a chance? (laughs) Oh, he's cute. He's a little chihuahua. It's adorable because he snarls just like Wolverine too. I love dogs. That's awesome. It's so cute. But is there a chance that you you mentioned that Star Wars was the first line. Is there a chance that this, if it's successful, may branch out and say Marvel or maybe things like Battlestar Galactica? Uh, Yes, actually, that is an excellent question because, you know, that's how I came up with the name Her Universe. I hope to create, you know, a whole universe of, I mean, I hope this becomes a destination for female fans, not just for Star Wars, but for other franchises as well. And um, we definitely plan on branching out to other franchises. And as a matter of fact, um, I ask fans to go to my Facebook page and also Twitter. Um, on Twitter, our name is Her Universe. On Facebook, it's also, I think it's the official Her Universe fan page. Um, and also to my blog, I update my blog, uh, you know, a couple times a week. And give me your comments because we actually have not nailed down another license yet. Um, we're actively discussing uh, what we want our next license to be. And we're uh, hopefully very soon going to be nailing down another license. So, um, you know, I, we, we want your suggestions. We want to hear what, what you want. 
Um, you know, we have a couple things in mind that we've been talking about and, and um, actively uh, in trying to seek, uh, you know, those licenses out, but nothing is nailed down. So uh, we welcome the suggestions. You know, that's what I hope her universe becomes. I want this to be a line for the fans. But in order to make the line to cater it for the fans, we, we need your feedback. We want your suggestions. So uh, definitely for the next license, you know, just let me know what, what you would hope for. And, and we, you know, we want to be able to make it happen. Um, what, what line are you thinking of or what franchise would you love us to, to do next? I love Marvel. I love uh, the color and the richness of the characters. I think the art is beautiful in Marvel. But I'm also, like, a big fan of, like, The Walking Dead and Zombies. Yeah, that's um, – <laughs> We, we actually, I, I can tell you, we definitely have, uh, well, we've talked about both of those, and we definitely have one of them on a, that's on the top of our list. So, uh, and um, I, I, I definitely don't have any confirmation at all, you know, on either one of those, but when I see the top of our list, it's our wish list. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, and honestly, anything geeky, geeky sayings, computer stuff, I mean, I'm a novice programmer. My husband is a huge software architect, and, you know, that's, kind of part of our life and that's a lot of there's a lot of girls like me also that I have an IT job but there's not much for girl IT girls <laughs> so you know I, I feel like I feel like us because I, I, I was I was never the popular girl in high school I I loved theater and I loved acting and I was in the you know the the drama troupe and you know, I was never invited to the cool parties. I definitely considered myself a geek for sure. And I feel like a lot of girls do, you know, and if you look at the statistics, uh, you know, uh, the, the sci-fi network alone, um, a lot of their shows, their demographic is 51% female. There's actually more female fans than male fans. And, um, you know, I don't think people are aware of the numbers, and I don't th think that they're aware of how many girls out there where we consider ourselves geeks, and we're proud of it. I mean, we want, we want to be geeks, but we want to be chic. You know, I think the, the term geek chic, you know, really encompasses who we are. I mean, you can, you can be a geek but you can also you, you want to look cute at the same time and you want to show it off so um um but we have a really cool piece that i'm actually excited about is one of our necklaces is the rebel alliance symbol and um it's it's really just a round pendant uh that i think you could even wear you know like it, it's even with you know a pair of dress slacks and it's not um it's it's classy looking and it, even if somebody's not a star wars fan they think it just looks like a cool design um you know and and actually we have we have a great um uh fan her name is vera campbell and she started a facebook page even before our line was announced um begging for female star wars merchandise and she made a comment which i thought was was really clever she said you know us female fans you know, we, we're trying to get noticed, and it's almost like we're starting our own Rebel Alliance, uh, which I thought was was really, you know, really kind of clever. And so um, she inspired me to to do a Rebel Alliance pendant necklace. So it kind of has a double meaning, you know, almost like us female fans, you know, we're kind of starting our own little alliance here to finally stand up and say, hey, notice us, we're here. No, I think that's fabulous. Now, is, is the pendant silver or is it red? It's going to be silver and black. Oh, that'd be awesome. Um, so we're still finalizing uh, the, the final touches on it. But, you know, I wanted it, I, I feel like, especially with, with silver and black, it'll match with so many things. Um, you know, I definitely uh, like I like different colors, but I also, you know, like especially the jewelry, if you can, you know, wear it with different 
different, you know, many different outfits. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, silver and black, and then it has a nice inscription on the back. That's really cool. Yeah, I'll probably be buying one of everything. So, <laughs> oh, well, well, thank you very much. I just, I hope everyone likes it. And, and please, again, you know, go to our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and, and the blog and just give us your feedback. I mean, I'm constantly, like I said, you, you know, we're coming out with, 12 to 15 different items here in the beginning, but um, you know, we definitely hope to grow. We hope to continue to grow, and the more the more you know, support we have, the more we'll be able to make, and, and trust me, we have a long list. I feel that this is just the beginning. Oh, wonderful. Now, I just have some final questions for you, just about Star Wars in general, yeah. okay? okay. Who, yep. shot, who shot first, Han or Greedo? <laughs> Lucasfilm warned me of this question, actually. Um, uh, you said that I'd, I'd never answer it right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say Han. That is the right answer. Um, yes. Favorite trilogy, the prequel or the original trilogy? Oh, you know, um, I've always said the original, but I have to say I rewatched the prequels just the other day. Um, and I love, actually, episode three. Um, I just love it. Uh, but I'll say the original for now. Good answer. <laughs> yeah. Who is cuter, Luke or Han? Ooh. You know, um, I have to say Luke because I love, he kind of reminds me of my husband, um, you know, kind of the blonde hair, uh, blue eyes. Um, but, uh, you know, my sister would probably say Han. They're, they're both cute in their own right, but I always kind of went for the good guys. You know, you know, Han's a good guy, he's but he's kind guy. of a scoundrel. Yeah. Yeah. He's okay. a good guy, but um, I always went for the, I never went for the bad boys. I went for the good guys. Makes sense. I could see that. <laughs> um, now, when I was a little girl, I used to play that I was Princess Leia on the Death Star in A New Hope. Did you ever play that you were Princess Leia when you were a little girl? And which Leia? And you know, okay, you're going to laugh at this. Um, I was a huge tomboy growing up, just huge. I was the only girl on the baseball team. Why do you think I played Star Wars? (laughs) Yes, yes. Well, I don't know, and I think it was more dictated by my brother, but um, we would play Star Wars. And I was always like, you know, he would make me be like R2-D2 or the Ewoks, like, and I just kind of did whatever he said. Um, but I did, so I'm sure I played Princess Leia every now and then, but I do remember playing R2-D2 in our living room with him, um, which was pretty funny. Uh, but also, um, I did get to play, we also would play He-Man. We were huge He-Man fans, and so he would let me be She-Ra, uh, when we play He-Man. So, um, you know, I had an older brother, and I kind of just played whatever characters he wanted me to be. So. <laughs> Well, thank you very much, Ashley. Uh, we really appreciate you taking this time to talk to me about this. Oh, not a problem. I, take, I appreciate you taking the time that you're interested. This is just great, and thanks for having me. A big thank you to Ashley for sharing this cool adventure with us. Now, Marjorie, do you know what this month is? May. And? The month where we're super busy. It's the 30th anniversary of The Empire oh, yeah. Strikes Back. It is. But wait, celebration's not until August. Yes. Well, scheduling. We're still looking for voicemails with your Empire Strikes Back memories. You can call those in at 415-508-JEDI. They can be about a certain collectible that you like from Empire. They can be about your memories seeing it for the first time. 
time, be it in theaters in 80 or on VHS in 90, you, you know? know? I have no recollection of seeing this movie in theaters. I, I cannot tell you the first time I saw it. I don't know why. I can, and I will tell my first time seeing it next week. But, you know, I anthropomorphize things a little too much because I'm feeling a little bad for Revenge of the Sith this week. I know. Because it's its fifth anniversary and no one cares. But what else happened this month? Our anniversary? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but let's talk about Revenge of the Sith's anniversary. Five yeah. years ago, Revenge of the Sith came out. And God, that seems forever, doesn't it? I remember going and seeing this. We, of course, went to the midnight show. I had a card with some big subwoofers because I was going through a little bit of a midlife crisis. <laughs> you know what's funny is a uh, girl at work, Melissa, remembers that. She was there. She was forced to stand in line. And so I pulled up to the curb and opened my trunk and played Star Wars music and uh-huh. disco Star Wars music and hard rock Star Wars music for the crowd. And we had prizes that we gave out and did trivia and Marjorie made it a line party. And not long after that, we started Star Wars Action News because Marjorie just really wanted to organize things, I guess. Mm-hmm. She really I don't know. had fun. It was your idea. Well, the podcast was, but the yeah. line party was your idea. Yeah, because I didn't want to sit and look at geeks all day. Yeah, there was the one guy who sat out there all day and got so sunburned because he didn't bring his suntan lotion. And then as we're leaving that night and driving away, we see him throwing up in his car. Yeah, I'm sorry. And I was there much longer than anticipated because my car broke down and I was able to limp it to the car company one block from where it broke down. And it was right across the street from the movie theater. So I just called Martin and said, I'm getting in line now because I have no car and nothing else better to do. Mm-hmm. And so I stood in line for a long time and unlike our debacle of seeing Attack of the Clones at midnight where the reel broke, we actually got to see Revenge of the Sith and it rocked and we saw it multiple times in theaters. Mm -hmm. But we wanted to kind of give Revenge of the Sith its due, so we had a few people share with us their Revenge of the Sith memories. First up, here is Brock. Hi everyone, this is Brock, Star Wars Action News, Book Club Liaison with my Revenge of the Sith memory. This is the only prequel I didn't see at a midnight show. We decided that after seeing two midnight shows, we could wait till 7 p.m. after work to see Revenge of the Sith. And the audience I was with felt the same way. We were all there, ready to see the movie after a full day's work, and they were into it. You could hear a pin drop in that theater. There wasn't a lot of people waving lightsabers around, or no one was in costume. And there were people like myself who had earphones in their ears, so they wouldn't hear people chit-chatting or whatever, in lines who, you know, we got this far. We don't want to hear anything else about this movie before we see it. Because there were people online who were, you know, talking a little loudly with the information they had about this and that and blah, 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 and some factually incorrect information. But I was not going to get into it with a guy online in New York City. Not going to happen. Yeah, so that was the, that's the big memory I had for this one, is that I was happy that the trilogy was over, but... You know, I didn't have to be the first one to see this one. I could be the the millionth person to see it. I I was fine with that. And this was a whole different experience for me. I didn't go out like I did after seeing The Phantom Menace and get the toys right away. The same thing with Attack of the Clones. I waited a couple of weeks or even a month or two, and I got a gigantic lot of Revenge of the Sith figures on eBay. It, it was just a whole different a whole different experience this time. And not nothing bad about it. It's just a different kind of experience. The hype did not affect me. I guess after the first two, I kind of knew what I was expecting. And my expectations were, just give me what you got. And it didn't disappoint. And that's my Revenge of the Sith memory. 
Thanks, Brock. I gotta disagree. I was so excited for Revenge of the Sith because I felt like it was really gonna pay off. And come on, the leaked video from Show West that had ACDC's back in black and the shots of the new Vader. I mean, it was Vader and he was all over the toys. We'd already done the Midnight Madness for all the toy buying and sat out for the lava reflection Vader at the Target. And all of that toy shopping was foreplay. And this was the main event. And I was really really excited to be there at midnight and I think it was perhaps my best midnight experience of the three because of that and while I realized the film had its flaws I was very disappointed that all the Padme scenes that had been talked about with the building of the rebellion were cut it still I think was easily the best of the prequel trilogy the one I've watched the most too of the prequels in Spanish next up is Jerry Hello, Star Wars Action News, Arnie and Marjorie. This is Jerry, the host of Republic Forces Radio Network and of the Vintage Viewpoint segments here on Star Wars Action News. I'm calling in with my five-year anniversary memories of Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. Now, if you may remember from last year, and you probably don't because it's a little bit of a kind of a useless tidbit from last year, but when we did the 10-year anniversary memories of Phantom Menace, I mentioned how May 19th is my birthday and how when Phantom Menace came out on May 19th, I was all excited because it kind of felt like it was Uncle George just kind of giving me a cool birthday present. Well, he decided six years later to do it again because Revenge of the Sith, as you most likely know, came out on May 19th, which happened to be my 30th birthday. So I got to tell you what, I lived it up. I actually saw the movie at midnight. So a buddy of mine just happened to get some extra tickets for a midnight showing down at a theater in northern Kentucky. And when he asked me to come with him, it's like, hey, he's got the ticket. It'd be rude not to go. It was actually the only midnight showing I had done for a Star Wars film. I had seen the other ones early in the morning, you know, 10, 11 o'clock or something. But I had not, I had not done a midnight showing before. So anyway, I had done the midnight show and had a good time, saw the movie two more times that day, later at about 10 o'clock. My mom and I went to see it, which is something we did for episodes one and two, and then we went out and did some, you know, she just accompanied me doing some toy runs, which is always fun, and then later I saw it with my wife and some other friends. Then, <laughs> Saturday, no lie, I threw myself a birthday party. You know, weeks in advance, I went to one of those party supply stores or whatever, and I bought the Darth Vader Episode 3 clip art plates. I bought the napkins. I bought invitations. I actually sent out little child invitations. Well, well not child invitations anymore. And I put in there, you know, meet at this restaurant. We're going to go to this theater for, for the showing at such and such time. And then afterwards, come over to my house. It was really cool. I actually had a, you know, I invited friends from church that I went to college with. A lot of my family came, and we just had a good old time. A lot of people came for lunch. Only about half went to see the movie, and then pretty much everybody went to my house afterwards. And we did Star Wars Trivial Pursuit. We, we actually, the first thing we did was actually a lot of people wanted to pop in Episode 4 and watch the DVD of that, which was totally awesome to watch them back-to-back like that. And we did some Star Wars games, most notably the one where you come up with your Star Wars name, and, you know, we just had a good old time. I mean, it was the absolute perfect way to spend my 30th birthday. It was in a Star Wars sort of way. And you know what? I never, I was never the kind of person to get upset about turning 30, but it was kind of cool because I sort of treated it like a kid's birthday party, only the guest of honor was 30. Had a good old time. And so everything about just the time the movie came out, I, I loved how they paced everything. You know, you had 
celebration. Then you had the release of the novel. Then there was a, the video game that came out. And it's just like every two weeks, something cool happened leading up to the movie itself. And it just, it, it was great. Now, personal feelings about the movie, I always criticize the prequels for having really poor pacing. You know, episode one, okay, they found Anakin. Episode two, they discovered the clones and started a war. But then episode three, you had five or six major things happening with Anakin turning to Darth Vader, Padme revealing she's pregnant, the Clone Wars ending, you got the fall of the Jedi, the Palpatine becoming the Emperor, blah, 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 blah. So the pacing wasn't very good, but what I've always said about Revenge of the Sith, but given what episodes one and two were, I think episode three was almost done as well as it could be. Now, there's a couple things that I didn't really enjoy, such as the poor characterization of General Grievous. You know, a lot of the dialogue between Anakin and Padme still weren't very good. Kashyyyk was kind of worthless. And I remember leaving the theater thinking, wow, that was really good. I enjoyed every moment of that. I, I, I felt that cringe in my stomach when, when Order 66 was, was released and Jedi were just being, being slaughtered. I actually felt it. I, I felt bad for Anakin and, and kind of how he's being duped. And at the end, when you realize that, hey, the Palpatine promised him all this power to save his wife, and now his wife is dead anyway, and he's turned into a monster. So there's so much about it that, that I really felt for, and I thought the movie was really well done. And to this day, it's without a doubt my favorite prequel movie. So, But I wanted to share that. It was just a really special day, which I guess I turned my birthday into a week-long birthday celebration, which, hey, you can't argue with that. So, But I hope everybody else had some really good memories of uh, Episode 3. And, uh, you know, of course, it was special because it was the last feature film we'll, we'll likely see. So I think I ended up seeing it a total of uh, seven or eight times just to, you know, I saw it in different towns as I went on business. I mean, heck, I saw it four times the first three days, and then I wanted to make sure that any time, you know, I made sure I saw it as frequently as I could. I saw it in Clinton, Iowa. I saw it in Green Bay. I think I saw it in uh, Scranton, Pennsylvania. And I saw it in Appleton. So I just, you know, I I, I saw it as often as I could just because I wanted to just, you know, I wanted to experience it over and over again knowing that it'd probably never happen again. So, but anyway, thanks for listening to my, my memories here and I'll hand you guys back to Arnie and Marjorie. Thanks. Thanks, Jerry. And happy birthday coming up. Yes. Happy birthday. I didn't know we were allowed to throw ourselves birthday parties early. I guess I could do that at celebration, have my birthday party. It's and, closer to my birthday though. Yeah. But yours will have passed. This That's would be true. an early one. So I could make everybody bring me gifts. Yes. And now all the way from the UK, here is Steve the Ginger Prince with his Revenge of the Sith member. Greetings all, this is Steve the Ginger Prince and I'm amazed that it's already five long years since the release of Star Wars Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. Myself and Suzanne saw the film numerous times over the weekend of release at different theatres, the most memorable of which was for entirely the wrong reason. We paid a bit extra for VIP tickets at a theatre called Cineworld in a town called Ashton. Yes, we got to see Revenge of the Sith in comfy leather seats, but it was in a small room with six strangers, sat behind a glass screen, with sound being piped in at a lower quality than if we'd have been sat in the main auditorium just below us. Being a wearer of spectacles, I already watch films behind a glass screen, and from that day, I vowed never to do so purposely again. My five favourite things about the final Star Wars film ever... Number one, Order 66. Seeing Jedi getting shot in the back made me tear up almost as hard as I did during the first ten minutes of Pixar's Up. 
Number two, the Bogger Bogger. You know, Obi-Wan's rodeo bird lizard. It's just the greatest creature design of the prequels, and it makes an awesome noise. Bogger, 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 bogger. Number three, Squid Lake. George not only found a way to stick himself in the film, but he squeezed in some Mon Calamari. And he even gave him an underwater ballet scene. Magical. By the way, has anyone seen that Mon Calamari sushi plate that's being brought out to accompany the lightsaber chopsticks? I've got to get me one of those. Number four, Ian McDermid. Now, his performance as the reptilian chancellor is truly creepy at times. And I'm convinced he should have at least been given a Best Supporting Actor nomination for it. Number five, Toasty Annie. I'm so glad that Lucas didn't wimp out on this one. As he crawls up the lava slope, you can almost smell the hair burning off his scalp. Now, of course, where there's good, there's bad. So here's five things I disliked about Revenge of the Sith. Number one, Jar Jar's cameo. Misa was very disappointed to see the clumsy Gungan yet again. Number two, the terrible dialogue. Some of the scenes between Portman and Christensen lacked any conviction, and I'm convinced that an 11-year-old on a creative writing assignment could have done a better job. Number three, Vader's no! Do I really need to explain this one? Number four. The fact they cut out some of the politics involving the delegation of 2000 and therefore giving Padme and Bail Organa a role less than worthy of their appearance. Number five. It's got to be the final credits because this was the point where it really hit home that this was actually the end of the saga and I wouldn't be going to theatres again to see another Star Wars film. I'm not counting that Star Wars Clone Wars cartoon effort a film, folks. Not to be negative, initially Revenge of the Sith rose to be my third favourite film of the six. But over time, it sunk, and it now stands in fifth place on the Ginger Prince's ever-changing Star Wars film rankings, between Return of the Jedi in fourth place and Attack of the Clones, which has been constantly rock bottom. What about my favourite collectible, released to coincide with the film? Well, it's a bit of an odd choice. The National Lottery here in the UK produced a set of 12 Revenge of the Sith scratch cards. They were priced at £2 each, more than £11 million were printed, and there was a total prize fund of more than £14 million. The Star Wars game featured more designs than any previous National Lottery scratch card produced up until that time. The 12 different tickets each had an image of a classic character, taken from across the six films. I only ever found eight of them. C-3PO, Darth Vader, Darth Sidious, Han Solo, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Jedi Master Yoda, and Skywalker Senior and Junior. There were four ways to win on the scratch card. A key symbol match, matching three from six cash amounts, a find the Millennium Falcon game, and a lightsaber symbol auto win. The top prize was 40 grand, and needless to say, I won nothing. But that wasn't the point. I had a lotto fun trying to collect them all. Do you see what I did there? Lotto fun. Never mind. I'll hand you back to podcasting's version of Three Cherries, Arnie and Marjorie. Thank you, Steve. We'll talk about my favorite Revenge of the Sith collectible a little later on. I'm trying to think what my favorite Hasbro collectible from Revenge of the Sith would be. Hmm. The problem was is it was a marketing nightmare and there was so much crap to buy. Yeah, there indeed was. But I remember really being jazzed about the Arc Fighters when they came out and also the new Episode 3 style Jedi Starfighters. Now, yes, both have been repainted to the point of nausea. But when they first came out, I was so so gung-ho for those. I really can't think of anything. All that sticks out is that Lava Reflection Vader because it was such a pain in the butt. Next we have Dan, the rock star. This is Dan, Darth Rockstar, with my Revenge of the Sith memories. It's hard to believe it's been five years already. 
Uh, my tickets to the midnight release of Revenge of the Sith were purchased by a friend. The same friend and the theater where I'd seen the midnight release of The Phantom Menace and Attack the Clones. We lined up nice and early with fans that were already lining up, stretching around the building. It's obvious that this, since this was the final Star Wars midnight release, it had coaxed a good number of fans to brave actually coming outside and uh, dealing with other people. Uh, there were lightsaber battles taking place all over the parking lot. Several members of the Columbus Division of the 501st were present. Games of Star Wars Trivial Pursuit were taking place up and down the line. And not to be outdone, my friend and I had put together a couple squads and were playing a couple games of miniatures while we waited for the show to start. When the theater finally opened its doors and allowed all three midnight showings of the movie to be seated, the mood of the crowd was kind of a sad excitement. We were about to see the last Star Wars movie. And we were about to see the last Star Wars movie. Never again the midnight line, the build of anticipation for months as those uber geeks on the West Coast lined up nine months in advance to get us all ridiculed on the news. The movie started and we were all blown away. Anakin fell, Jedi was slaughtered, an umpire was born. Good times. At the end, the applause lasted for what seemed like 15 minutes. And then, just about everybody went across the street and assaulted the steak and shake. I've never gone to a midnight show since then. Probably won't. Until the extra special editions of Star Wars come out in 10 or 20 years. George willing. That uh, that last midnight showing, that's something that'll stick with me. It was really awesome. So, Those are my Revenge of the Sith memories. I uh, hope you all enjoyed them, and look forward to hearing everybody else's. Thank you, Dan. Finally, we have Nathan P. Butler with a slightly different type of Episode 3 member. Five years ago this week, Revenge of the Sith hit theaters. By then, all of its secrets had been revealed. A video game had been released two weeks earlier that spilled most of the beans, while an absolutely mind-bogglingly good novelization, the kind that makes you say, wait, this is a Star Wars novelization? Had been released a month and a half earlier. Those who wanted to know how Anakin fell to the dark side already knew, thanks to the EU. But would Lucas and his crew truly deliver on this follow-up to Episode 2? As it turns out, in my opinion, Lucas gave us the best of the prequels, and my favorite of the Star Wars films, that day in May, half a decade ago. But you already know all about the film, so let me put it into context. Expanded Universe fans were coming off of the high of a three-year journey through the Clone Wars in a meticulously planned onslaught of interconnected novels like Shatterpoint, comics like Republic and numerous miniseries, video games like Republic Commando, and Star Wars Clone Wars, minus the THE in between, by Gindi Tartakovsky on the small screen. We've been led up to the very starting moments of Revenge of the Sith in, albeit contradictory fashion, in Tartakovsky's animated adventures, James Lucino's Labyrinth of Evil, and elsewhere. We had been taken through Anakin's journey for three years in our lives, and three in Star Wars time, albeit not always in sequential order, and we were ready to see how it all ended. Revenge of the Sith wasn't just a two-hour film. It was the final two hours of a three-year roller coaster through tales of Asajj Ventress, Dirge, General Grievous, Count Dooku, Anakin Skywalker, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Omega Squad, Delta Squad, Mace Windu, Yoda, Quinlan Voss, and so many others. The film delivered. For me. But more importantly, 
the novelization delivered. You see, I went to see Revenge of the Sith after having read Matthew Stover's novelization of the film, which, in the eyes of many fans, is perhaps the single best Star Wars novel ever written. It filled in the gaps, provided necessary motivations, and embellished characterizations to the point that when Lucas's fast-paced film storytelling fell short, the novelization, approved by Lucas, who turned in handwritten notes on the text to Stover, picked up the slack. I will forever wonder whether I would truly enjoy Revenge of the Sith as much as I do today, whether I would still consider it my favorite Star Wars film, if it had not been for Matthew Stover and the foundation he laid under the storytelling feat of Lucas's final prequel film. Things have changed now. The Clone Wars cartoon series has battered the three years of the Clone Wars era into a mess of shattered continuity. Lucasfilm claims it'll all work out. I hold out hope, yet I'm not getting those hopes up. But it is nice to sit back and remember a time when my favorite film, bolstered by an exemplary novelization, capped off three outstanding years of intricate Star Wars storytelling. Lucasfilm, Del Rey, Dark Horse, LucasArts, hey, let's do it again sometime. Ah, the Revenge of the Sith novelization. Let me tell you, I remember placing a huge order at Amazon for Star Wars books, and they all came out the same day. One of them was the novelization. I think there was a making of. I, I can't remember exactly all the books we had. My friend Stuart, who you can hear co-host Now Playing with me over at NowPlayingPodcast.com, came over and saw the book, and the movie wasn't out yet. He asked me what I thought of it. I'm like, I'm not touching that book. I'm not reading that book. I don't want to know anything, because I ruined The Phantom Menace for myself, knowing everything going in. I practically recite the dialogue with the characters before I saw Phantom Menace. Didn't want to do that to myself again. Didn't read the book first. Stuart, being the person he is, decided he was going to read just the last couple pages. And he kind of shook his head and said, well, the last couple pages were nothing but setting up where absolutely everybody is when we see them again in the next movies. You get Leia to Alderaan, spoiler alert, you get Luke to Tatooine, you get Yoda to Dagobah, all these scenes. And so he kind of thought that this would be a very rote-by-the-numbers thing. Now, I saw Revenge of the Sith and I did really like it, but I read the book. The book was phenomenal. Stover did a great job. The first chapter about how the galaxy looks to Kenobi and Skywalker to save them really is just phenomenal writing. It really put everything in context. The way it tied together so much from the EU, it worked so well. Unfortunately, it did make the movie a little bit lesser, in my opinion, because it made me think, like, what we were watching with the movie was, like, the most exciting scenes. But yet, there was so much more story with Revenge of the Sith that Lucas had in his head that he didn't tell in that movie. I agree because I was really hoping for some good background on the rebellion because that's the part that fascinated me in episode four as a little girl was really the setup for it and the rebels and everything. And then the movie really just didn't have much of that at all. So I had to read the book. It was a very good book. It was up there. I think there have been some really good Star Wars novelizations. This was the best of the prequels, I can say easily, but I don't know. Empire and Jedi had some really good novelizations too, which we'll be talking about on the Star Wars Action News Book Club podcast someday soon but yeah that was a really good book and i highly recommend it as a good entry point to the eu for a lot of people because it's based on a movie so it's not all that hard but it does help the movie <laughs> books are hard now because we're a collecting podcast i did want to talk about my favorite episode three collectible overall marjorie can you guess what it is hmm, episode three not in this room i see you looking around the recording i don't studio. know i don't know what it is i've given this a lot of thoughts because there were some great products so great then it's not obvious to me so i don't feel so 
so bad. Master Replicas had some good sabers with some nice detailing. Gentle Giant did some good mini busts and dioramas. But my number one, hands down, Revenge of the Sith Collectible is Sideshow's premium format, General Grease. Oh, yes. That thing that almost took out my eye. I remember being at Celebration 3 and having a Wayne's World moment. I was all alone. I was tired. It was after the Lucasfilm thing. I look across the floor and see it in a glass case at Sideshow's booth. And all that can go through my mind is, it will be mine. Oh, yes. It will be mine. And I placed that order. I went back to work after and I placed the order for the exclusive version with the cape. The cape really matters to me on this piece because he wore it for so much of the movie. Unlike certain characters, Darth Talon, where I feel a cape isn't necessary. I thought with Grievous, it really added the je ne sais quoi. And I've talked about this on the show, but because we've done 244 episodes, 245 now, I don't want you to have to go and listen to all that to find the story. I remember getting this box and it was the first premium format figure I'd ever gotten. It was like a model kit. And we were in our living room. We hadn't been in our house all that long. We still had boxes around. I'm opening this in the middle of the living room while Rescue Me is on our TV. And I'm setting it up on this table and opening it. And all these pieces come out. And Grievous has these spindly robot arms. And I'm scared to death of breaking them. And there's all these lightsabers everywhere that almost took Marjorie's eye out. And they're so fragile. I'm being so careful with this. And I don't know why. I think it was the stress. I started sweating profusely. And Hmm? Marjorie had to wipe my brow. And I felt Yeah, it was like you were doing surgery. I had to stand there. First of all, you had the gloves on. Yes, I had the gloves on. Because you can't touch the collectibles. And then you're laying in the living room, putting this thing together. And it's like you're diffusing the bomb. I felt like I was diffusing a bomb because I was being so careful because you have to stack this thing like a Jenga thing. It had the spine. You had to put the arms on, then the other arms on. Yeah, so I I had like a washcloth. You're like, oh my God, I'm going to sweat on it. And I had to wipe your brow. And (laughs) it was ridiculous. It's I spent like two hours putting this together. And I'm doing it so carefully. Just, oh, I don't want to break the arms. I'm scared to death of the day we move and I have to put that thing back in the packaging and do the disassembly. I figure wherever we move that one of us is going to have to drive the car and one's just going to have to hold him like he's a fragile little baby. I think that would be more dangerous because we might hit a bump or something. True. And he might snag on a shirt or poke your eye out again. Yeah, when we move, just so you know, I'm going to be gone that week. That's, I, I might as well just buy another one and just keep the cape off this one because it's going to be nuts. And we need to buy me like an 80s sweatband for whenever this happens. And you need a miner's helmet with a light. <laughs> oh boy, but that is still to this day my single favorite Revenge of the Sith collectible is that Grievous. He's majestic. He just stands there and even though to me Grievous is not the greatest character from the saga this piece where he's there with all the lightsabers and the eyes and kind of the fleshy meaty burnt eyes and his little pus sack in the center where all his organs are kept in the jar. he was as gross as he could have been. He could have been grosser but this is Star Wars not a George Romero film and it's just such a great piece. It's so big and it takes so much space and it's unlike almost any other premium format figure because so many of the premium format figures from Sideshow deal with the soft goods. The next one I got was the Vader and it had the pleather and the stitching and I'm like, I didn't realize that these came with soft goods and most of them come with soft goods. But Grievous, he's all polystone except for that cape and he's spectacular. You love I do. I, I have to quote Ferris Bueller. If you have the means, I highly suggest picking up. Which leads us to a new product review this week. Another Revenge of the Sith premium format figure from Sideshow. Our friends at Sideshow were happy to provide us with a review copy of the Yoda and Clone Trooper from Revenge of the Sith. This is that great scene in Revenge of the Sith. You know it was great because George Lucas didn't want it in there. He told the animator to take it out. (laughs) Everything good about Star Wars, Lucas is like, no, I don't want it. And it's when Yoda throws the lightsaber and then does his little spin hop and takes it back. That is like the single most kick-ass moment of Revenge of the Sith. And Lucas is like, no, I don't like it. Okay. Thank goodness he relented. 
Maybe Yoda's supposed to be nice. It was a great scene. It was badassery. Yeah, but we already saw Yoda be badass in episode two. He hopped around like one of your frogs in episode two. In episode yeah, three, he, he really, he didn't do anything in episode two. He jumped around in a stalemated fight. In episode three, he took out some clones. He did. Now, this piece is really good. I am so happy with this piece because like I said, a lot of them are soft goods. The Grievous was polystone. I picked this thing up and that clone is all polystone. He is a heavy clone. Yes, I carried the box. It is very heavy. I carried the box part of the way too. Uh-huh. I really thought that they'd do kind of what they do, I think, with the 12 inch where there'd be some soft goods mixed with the armor and the armor might be plastic. No. Yeah, but no, you won't get the action pose that you've got on Yoda if you if his cloak was soft goods. Well, Yoda's cloak is soft goods. Really? Yeah. Okay, I didn't touch it yet because you know I don't touch your stuff, but it looked like, wow, they did really good and then they really picked a good fabric because one, the way the light's hitting it, I thought it was plastic and two, it's got actually a motion pose there on that. Wow. Yeah, with the wires they put, they use the underwire, but I was just referring to the clone being all polystone. Mm-hmm. Well, what else would you make him though? Well, I, I thought he'd be plastic and soft goods, you know, have uh, a soft goods jumpsuit or something. Yeah. Well, they wear a jumpsuit under there. I don't know if you've seen the 501st, but they're in a unitard under there. I just assumed that they just wore unitards. Must be hard to go mind. to the bathroom. Yeah. Now, I gotta say, I was really scared putting this together because the clone's hand with the gun aims downward. Now, I don't know if you remember our review of the premium format Darth Maul, but I got one with a broken hand. His hand goes down and it wouldn't stay on and then it fell off and his lightsaber snapped. It was a disaster. I was really scared about this hand. How's this hand gonna stay on? Magnets. There is a magnet that holds that hand in. So even though it's at a downward angle, it's not gonna fall. The gun's not gonna break. Arnie, don't eat the magnet. Um, I don't think I can because it's buried underneath polystone. I'd have to break him apart to get to the gooey magnety center. But the clone is just phenomenal. He's in a falling backward pose the way he is just in the movie. Honestly, if it wasn't for the Yoda on him, you'd think he's been doing a Michael Jackson like dance move with the knees out and the toes No, it's up. very movie accurate. But he, because he has that impassable face, that mask, he's looking down and you just kind of think he's going, crap, you just stabbed me. Like very cold about it. There's no fear because it's a mask. Now you got Yoda, which is the second piece. You got to put him on. It was again, a little bit like a bomb because you got to poke him into the chest of the clone and then you've got to put the lightsaber through. I really thought that they'd do it where the lightsaber was two pieces, one in the front, one in the back. No, you actually have to shove the lightsaber all the way through the clone. Like Steve Martin's arrow hat? Yeah, I thought it'd be like that. Or I did too, actually. I thought that that's what it would be, but that's no, kind of cool. Yeah, and they have a little bit of a singe mark on the clone's chest where it goes in, so it's glossy there. It really adds to the effect. Yoda, he, I like that they have him, again, so perfect. His leg grips the clone's leg. His foot, like, grips on, so that's how he's perched there. The other foot's in the chest, like he's really pulling it out like the sword in the stone. Yoda looks really angry, though. He's kind of a grumpy Yoda. He's mean Yoda. The kids are running through his yard. Yoda is a mixture of polystone and soft goods, just like the other premium formats, but like Marjorie said, it really works for him here. I'm just really impressed with this piece. I think it's pretty decent. To be honest, I wasn't all that excited about it until you opened it. And that happens a lot, though. You know, it's just the pictures don't do it justice. Which is weird. It it can go either way. You can see a picture of something and be like, oh, that looks so cool in the picture. And then you get it and you're like, well, it looked better in the picture. And then you've also got the times like this where you see the picture and you think in the picture, yeah, that looks pretty good. And then you see it. And honestly, we're going to have a lot of pictures on the website, but I don't think the pictures online do this piece justice. I think that you got to really see it in person. I 
concur. I think it's something that has to be seen in person. Just the level of weathering. We're always very concerned about weathering. Weathering's hard to do right. And here you've got a 501st Trooper, which is a fan favorite. But the weathering on him is right. He just looks a little battle-worn. Well, what they did that made it right is the points where he would actually have wear on his paint, like on his shoulder pad there against his body, where it would rub off the paint. They did a good job there. Like, they actually picked, like, wear points versus, I think we're gonna do it here, 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 and here. And it's asymmetrical, which is good. Yeah, because things don't wear. Now, this is limited to 1,500 pieces, and they still have some in stock at SideshowToy.com. We're gonna have a link from our homepage. Please use a Star Wars Action News link whenever shopping Sideshow. But this really is a great piece. I'm very impressed with it. Sideshow's premium format line never disappoints, but once in a while, it underwhelms for what it could do. Some of the more basic characters, and I passed on the Asajj, and I passed on the Darth Talon. But this piece here, it's among my three favorite premium formats of all time, those being Vader, Grievous, and this. Hmm, it is really cool. I also really like the base. They did kind of a Jedi Temple thing with the rubble, but what's nice is they did the glossy black all around the edge of the base. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna have to say, are you talking just sideshow piece? Sideshow premium formats, yeah. yeah. Okay. No, I just, what it reminded me of when you said that, I don't know why it just all of a sudden clicked was the gentle giant scout trooper with that cool bike, the way Yoda mm -hmm. stays kind of up there and it kind of defies gravity. Yeah. No, I think it's a good piece. I really, it's kind of good. It's well done. It's much better than the pictures made it out to be. And even though you did have to very carefully put the lightsaber through the clone's chest and into Yoda's hilt and put Yoda on the clone and put the clone in the base, <laughs> it was nowhere near the bomb disassembly that the Grievous was. It, I, I got this thing together in three minutes, but it was just a tense three minutes with archive gloves. Actually, much better than I thought. Now, I actually did get a broken one. The little bit, the like grenade on the back of the clone is broken off on mine. I could reglue it, but I'm going to contact Sideshow. Sideshow has such tremendous, great customer service. There was a story in our forums that I wanted to share. In the bounty hunting section where people post things they're looking for and people also post things they have for sale, Murfundz posted that he had his Sideshow 12-inch Java and was moving it and the cup that he came with broke and he was looking to buy somebody's cup. And the Ottoman guy on the forum said, contact Sideshow. Sideshow is really good about these things. Murfundz did and Sideshow just sent him a new cup. And that's an older piece and yet they still had some spares. Their customer service is absolutely first rate. I've had to call them for that Darth Maul and not only did they talk to me on the phone with very little hold time, they then kept calling me back as follow-up to make sure it was really rectified correctly. So it's a really good company to buy from. And with that, that is our show for this week. Remember, please call us 415-508-JEDI or email an MP3 to show at SWActionNews.com with your Empire Strikes Back memories. This week, we kind of focused on the staff or the Revenge of the Sith. We want your memories for Empire Strikes Back. Yes. Call us and tell us what you remember. I, for some reason, can't remember anything. I don't know why. I was just a little girl, though. I was younger than you. I still am. And uh -huh. uh, Yeah, you didn't get older. Wouldn't that be great if that happened? I remember it, but I'll, I'll explain why later on. A couple of last hits. Club Jade posted scans from Hallmark's catalog showing this year's ornaments, and they are all Empire Strikes Back themed, except for those minis that Marjorie loves so much, which are going to be Clone Wars. Yeah, I just really don't care for those minis because I always forget some on the tree. I finally get a Han and Carbonite. The Vader with Emperor's head is kind of odd, but we'll pick it up. And hopefully this year we won't have the disaster 
disaster of the past two years where we forget to go that weekend and don't get the exclusive. No, I'm going to go pre-order mine as soon as we're done with this show. If you're in or about Pittsburgh, Jake Lloyd is going to be at the Steel City Comic Con August 6th through 8th. I had to check. I thought that meant he wasn't going to be at Celebration, but those are not the dates of Celebration. Oh, is that why you asked me what Celebration was? Yeah. So if you're going, he isn't that common of a con guest. I bet he will be at Celebration. He was at four. And if any Swanlings are listening and are able to get him recording a line saying you're listening to Star Wars Action News and now this is podcasting, I will personally be in your debt. Yes, we will arrange a special prize pack for you. We always like to support charities and Games for Troops wanted to let you know that they are taking donations to provide military personnel overseas video games so they have something to do during their free time. We'll have a link to them on our homepage. Well, that is our show for this week. We'll be back next week with more stuff. Empire Strikes Back stuff. I'll have to figure out between now and then what my favorite Empire Strikes Back collectible is. Me? You weren't in the Empire Strikes Back, were you? No. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Action News. You can find even more Star Wars coverage at our sister podcast, Republic Forces Radio Network, where we review each episode of the Clone Wars cartoon series. You can find that show at republicforces.com. If you're into Star Wars novels, check out the Star Wars Action News Book Club, where we read and review all the Star Wars novels. That podcast is at swactionnews.com. We want your feedback and suggestions for Star Wars Action News. You can email us at show at swactionnews.com or post your thoughts in the Star Wars Action News forums at swactionnews.com, the most friendly forums on the web. You can be on Star Wars Action News by calling our voicemail at 415-508-JEDI or sending an MP3 or iPhone voice memo to show at swactionnews.com. All materials submitted become the property of Star Wars Action News and are subject to use on our show. You can help support Star Wars Action News by using the affiliate links on our homepage when shopping online. We would also appreciate it if you spread the word about Star Wars Action News by posting about us on Twitter, Facebook, MySpace, or just tell a friend about the show. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a review on iTunes, and you can also cast a vote for us each month at Podcast Alley. Links to both can be found on our homepage at SWActionNews.com. For more Star Wars collecting, please visit yakbase.com, hanshideout.blogspot.com, and jedi-temple-archives.com, and we thank those sites for their support of Star Wars Action News. Star Wars Action News is created, produced, and hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. The Star Wars Action News team is web programmers Jason and Joe, associate produced by Brock, reporters Jerry and Steve, graphic design by Chris, and podcast enhancement by Berent. Star Wars Action News is copyright 2010, all rights reserved. Star Wars Action News is not affiliated with Lucasfilm Limited. The show is created by fans showing their love of Star Wars. Star Wars and all the Star Wars universe contains is trademarked and copyright Lucasfilm Limited, all rights reserved. Until next time, may the pegs be stocked and the Force be with you. Star Wars Action News. Now this is podcasting. Star Wars Action News is a production of Venganza Media Incorporated. You know, when I say Brock, a lot of times what I think about is Galaxy Quest and the miners going, Rock, 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 
Only I'm thinking, Brock, Brock, Brock.